Hello and welcome to the first in a series of interviews that we're doing here at Union in which we are pulling back the curtain on the work that we're doing and the work that we think is necessary in order to become a more equitable organization. At Union, we are not ones to shy away from tough conversations or back out of a, of a, of a hard question. We recognize that you know while you come out a little battered and a little bruised on the other side, you also come out stronger. And we're looking to be a stronger community through these conversations. And we want to show the ways that we are intentionally working to be in better communication and better communion with the people of color who belong to our beloved Dallas community. And we're also recognizing that as a predominantly white-led organization, we are a work in progress. And we're not afraid of being visible in this process because to us, work in progress means that we are working on progress. And if someone were to ask, well, what is union going to be? What are they going to look like in five, 10 years? And our best response would be to say, well, for now, we're still loading. My name's Kat Dimitrovich, and this first interview is between myself. I'm the manager of design and narrative at Union, and this first interview is between myself and the incomparable Crystal Perry, who is a brand and design consultant based here in Dallas and is absolutely brilliant. I had such a great time talking with her. Uh, she also has her own clothing uh, that she has for sale on her Instagram page, at Chris Perry, or on her website. So definitely go and check it out because it's absolutely fire um, and very Dallas, like love Dallas Central. Um, it's it's really cool. Go check it out. Uh, she also worked extensively in the Dallas music scene, including working with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra and artists like Erica Badu. And I have to admit, I was definitely fangirling and struggling to contain myself when she was casually talking about, you know, her connections to Erica Badu. And I was like, ah, I contain myself, so it's okay. Um, we also, more importantly, talked about the problems that predominantly white-led organizations like Union face when they're building their marketing strategies and the ways in which our branding can cue white without us knowing it. And we talked about the weaknesses and failures that can happen when you put new messaging into the universe of social media and how to move forward from those mistakes with genuine intentions and transparency. I found this interview to be completely, absolutely enlightening, heartening, and powerful. Um, and so I'm very excited for our union friends to hear it. So um, here is my conversation with Crystal Perry, enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, because I know we've talked about all these problems and how do we face it? Um, so I think Brandon and I started having this conversation via text actually a little bit. And so, um, what I did say via text was, um, finding yourself on the right side of history, um, does not have to be, you know, a five-year initiative with all the things rolled out, right? If you haven't done the legwork to roll out a five-year initiative, please don't throw one together. It's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, 
Um, I think what happens is as, as allies to anything, not just this cause, but it, it could be homelessness. We, we sometimes want to help so badly that we feel like the help has to be big enough um, or, or weighty enough to even matter. And so I was telling Miranda, like 50 years from now for union to find itself on the right side of history, it only needs to be able to look at every small step and know that those small steps were intentional, right? Instead of the idea of like so much of my experience is being somewhere and saying, this is what it is. And then I'll have the men in the room, the white ones have to go and and co-sign what I just said. You know, it is like, I mean, I'm saying it and you you invited me to this as an expert, but you you needed to check. This happened to me the summer of 2019. There was a show with Erica Badu and the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. And I worked direct direct directly. And when I say directly, I mean in the office of president. And she said, well, we've been trying to work with her for about seven years. And she'd only been in her role one year. And I'm like, oh, okay, so, you know, what's the challenge? And she goes, well, we just hadn't been able to get in contact with her. So I picked up my phone and sent a text. And, and I read it when one came back and said, what day would you like? And another person in the office said, well, let's get our team to confirm. And I said, wait a minute. Are you confirming the day that you would like? Or are you saying that you need to confirm that she's going to do do it and they they needed to confirm that she was going to do it and i just said i just i'm i have another phone but this is me i'm telling you that she's gonna do it i don't understand why you need to confirm something that you've been trying to do for seven damn years and i just sent a text message and they said yeah tell us when but you now need to confirm I'm a little unclear about that because I was at home minding my own business when I got an introductory email in the first place asking me to be a part of this, this committee to do programming in the Southern sector. And I'm sorry, but everybody in this room who has access to her, raise your hand. It's just my only hand up, right? You know, and the thing is, I'm so, in my 20s, they used to grate my nerves. I mean, like, I'd be on the phone just steaming that. You know, at this point, I'm so used to it, but I think also being used to it is a trauma response. Like, I'm just used to knowing it doesn't matter what I say, that it's, it's going to be double-checked, right? So I think that when you're saying, what does union do? It means that, you know, first of all, when you identify people that you believe are, you know, subject matter experts in whatever their subject is, you know, treat those people like they are the experts that you thought they were when you brought them in. If they, If you believe that they have, you know, kind of validated that they they are who you thought they were and they know what you thought they did, then, you know, fine. And sometimes I think we overlook just the value in that, the value of just a good intention start. And it does not have to be a grand gesture in order to be right. And so it's great that you want to be sure that you are doing this justice, but I think, you know, not putting a lot of pressure on yourself to to have all the answers and all that, that's really the way, like, that's why you're getting experts. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't know any other things that my tax person does. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I called her like girl mm -hmm. here, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What do you need from me to be successful at this? But I'm not about to try to be a tax person. So I think it's that same approach.
Yeah. And, you know, I think in, in your work, as you're moving forward and, you know, you're talking to me and I always say, and please don't let Crystal Perry's um, take on blackness be the end all be all. Um, because I am aware that for all of the ways that I identify with black challenges, um, you know, being first of all, a dark skinned black woman, I know that that, that works against me being a not size two black woman also works against me. I know the hair works against me, not only in texture, but typically my hair is the color of a crayon. And so, I mean, you know, it's, it seems like it's not that big a deal, but I will say that I'm fully aware of just interpretation and surely this purple haired girl does not have a master's degree and made it to Forbes magazine. Yes, I did. And I had pink hair pull it up I got pink hair in the picture right but you know I know all those things but I also like to you know point out see with that being said um there are some things about me as a black person that are not typical most of my life isn't typical and so I understand that I am approaching things as at this point now a 45 year old black woman both of my parents were college educated um, growing up in middle-class America and a childhood that always included, you know, piano lessons and violin lessons and, and Easter dress came from Neiman's and probably some other things too. And so, you, you know, my take on it is still kind of middle-class Black America, um, Black bourgeoisie America. And that's, that's very different than even just, to, and I live in Oak Cliff now, but, you know, two minutes up the road, there's a very different Oak Cliff, right? So, you know, I think when people are approaching that, one of the things that I always say is, you know, I think we overlook Black people are not a monolith. There are so many specific communities of Black women that I just don't represent. Mm -hmm. I also am very aware that for all the things that work against me, I also understand the exceptions that I possess that kind of make those things go away, right? So, you know, it's like, sure, I have natural hair, but I have the acceptable texture of natural hair. So see, now we just kind of are not even really dealing with that anymore, right? Um, or, you know, sure, I, I look a certain way, but then when I say, well, you know, I, I work with artists, I have one of my degrees is, is, is in a creative field. And then I have access to these kinds of people, you know, that's not a normal thing. And so, you know, I think what happens is people start initiatives like this and then it becomes, well, you know, the black girl said it's okay. Right. You know, and, and what I know is for the five years that I was at Texas A&M University, every damn time I opened my mouth, I was speaking for all black people, like every last one of them, right? <laughs> There's not a white woman alive who ever had to do that. Like whatever she said, she was just speaking for herself. You know what I mean? And so I think like those are the things that become necessary during these conversations, which is just, you know, remembering that, you know, the kind of check it off the list. Did we talk to the black girl? Check. And did she say this was okay? Check. Like, we can't do that. Um, what would you say? So like, as we move forward into like looking at these 
next steps and mm-hmm. um as as small as they would be what are what are some things that we should not do as like a a white led organization or not say like coming at this of like looking towards experts what are some mm-hmm. things that like we could very easily fuck up on and we should stay away from um okay so first of all I am tired of saying, and I know this is a, a popular opinion. If I have to see another Lifetime movie <laughs> that specifically has Black people or my new favorite, these interracial couples, I'm so <laughs> over it. Um, if I have to also, all of a sudden, every marketing campaign features a Black or Brown person, because the thing is now, it, it it's fine to do. But if I keep looking at these things and then when I go to the website and I scroll the leadership, I don't see the same representation. And then I feel like you're pandering to me. Right. And, and now you're getting set up to be called out. You know, the last time I checked, which was not very long ago, you know, Dallas was 30% African-American. So <laughs> does the regular staff look like that? Right. Um, you know, a common thing that I saw in recruiting, and I mean, if you name the the size of company I recruited for, um, Fortune 10 to 50 to 100, and even the AAC, I staffed it before the doors opened, like the very first staff. And one of the things that's always consistent is entry-level positions are full of Black and Brown people, and the higher up the ladder I go, the fewer black and brown people that I see and surely the fewer women I see. Yeah. So, you know, in, in saying, you know, we're looking to be diverse that I think that means being honest about where we are now though, and letting people know that, um, you know, owning, we've got work to do owning, you know, we're trying to be intentional about our work owning, um, you know, we want to have integrity with our work. That also is the case. And then again, I don't want to see another campaign that just features a whole bunch of black people. And most importantly, <clears throat> the way I'm still laughing because on Instagram, I forget whatever the day it was, everybody was posting a black square. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. I ain't seen another damn nothing black on your feed since then. Right. Right. You know, so post the black square because it's trendy and I don't see anything else black until it's time to post some feel-goody quote from Martin Luther King. But what you won't do is post quotes from his letter from a Birmingham jail. Post that. I don't want to see anymore I have a dream. Right. Right. Right? Because I have a dream, Martin, and letter from a Birmingham jail, Martin, Mm -hmm. very different. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that nobody, and every year on MLK Day, that is my Facebook post. I've just been sharing it for like the last 12 years. Less I have a dream, more letter from a Birmingham jail. And I'm amazed that so many people don't even, well, I'll say this, so many non-Black people don't even, uh-uh, hold on. Can we come back? Just a sec, there we go. That so many non-Black people don't know it. Um, even though I know why, because one quick read and people start getting very uncomfortable. You should, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think it is, you know, as, as we're saying this and saying we want to be diverse, it is understanding because everybody who sent me an email, God, I, I don't remember what was going on. Um, let me decline her. Okay. 
I don't remember what was going on, but so many people were sending their diversity emails. What happened? Why were why were like zillions of companies sending their emails about how diverse they were? I think it coincided with Black Square on Instagram. Um, was that in June of this year? I know a friend who was writing some for people. I'll have to. I feel like it was. Yeah, it was when all of those protests were happening, right? I think maybe that was it. Maybe it was just the protest in general, and people felt compelled to say. You know, we're standing behind X, Y, Z, but, but for the, but for the ones that were like specifically here in Dallas, like an organization that, that, that I volunteer with, I reply, what's your board makeup? Yeah. You know, and yeah, because I don't want your email about how you're committed to this. And it's like, yeah, well, your board doesn't reflect your commitment. Um, your hiring decisions don't reflect your commitment. Um, and at this point, what I'm saying is Beyonce found 15 black violinists to make homecoming. You can't find three black people to, you know, head up marketing, HR. That's what you want me to believe. I don't think so. Especially women. Um, because as a demographic, like, as I understand it, we were at least a year ago, like the most, the most highly educated group of people. Um, cause every black woman I know has a, at least a master's degree. And I feel like PhDs and I mean, I know several, but I, I don't even know if I know a black woman damn near who only graduated from high school. We weren't even allowed to do that. Right. <laughs> Not in middle-class black America. Like, I didn't want to go to college. I mean, I wanted a degree but I wanted to go to hair school. And my parents looked at me and said, girl, you can do whatever you want to do when you get your bachelor's degree. <laughs> that was in eighth grade. Like I never, I never thought college was an option. Like, no, you, in my, my close friend circle, it's the same way. Like who, who's not going to college? You basket weaving, if that's what the degree is, but we all know we're going, you know what I mean? So you know, I, I say that all the time, like this girl found 15 black violinists and some heart players and cello players, and you can't find one black person to be a director of HR and or marketing or any of these leadership positions. I don't think so, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's, you know, the the way to answer the question, because I can be so long-winded and I'm aware of that. Um, the way to to not mess up is to just always, you know, be sure that you're coming from a place of wanting to learn because that's usually the story of Black people, like, feeling like, and I've said this, don't invite me to any more panels, any more discussions, any more committees where we're just going to talk and then people are going to walk away and do what they want to do. I'm fine if you just want to do what you want to do. Fine, so be it. Don't waste my time pretending like you, you know, care what I have to say so that you can check that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it still goes back to the theme of just being intentional about right. you know what mm-hmm, I really think that's it is being intentional and then also um, understanding that when met with resistance navigating that in a way that is about the goal um, or your end game or the mission um, or the thing more so than navigating resistance with a no I need to be right you know like I'm being met with resistance and am I navigating this 
with the large thing that we said is the goal or do I just want to show these people my rightness and intention? Right. So like the wrong thing for me to do is to go out and find a whole bunch of black people to put on our feed because that would be fake. That wouldn't be real, right? Right. Because so you're going to you're going to sell me all these black people on your Instagram mm-hmm. and then I'm going to walk in Union the church or I'm going to walk in the coffee shop. Are they going to be there? Right. Right, right, right. And if they're not there on a Tuesday, you know, are you telling me that, you know, well, like, like a lot of the clubs, well, Thursday is hip hop night. Okay. So Thursday is black night. So come back on Thursday. That's what you're telling me. Okay. Right. So, you know, it's like, if they're, if they're not going to be here, but there's a specific thing and I just missed it. Do you have that? If the answer is no, they're not going to be there on any random day. And quite honestly, we don't even have black night on Thursday. Then I would say, please don't. Please don't overload the feed with a whole bunch of black people. You know what I'm saying? Because there is a way to, on the feed, have, you know, graphics and pictures that say we are working toward this. We are working on this. You don't even have to say toward. If you want to say we're working on blah, 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 blah. Like, that's fair. That's fair. But, you know, a good, I can just tell you that a good deal of Black people are so tired of being pandered to. It's resulting in call out culture. And Lord knows Black folks are the kings and queens of calling out things and getting like, you know, real action. And I always tell people, why would you even, why would you put yourself in a position to have a whole angry throng of people on Black Twitter just, you know, I mean, yeah, canceling your whole life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's still the case. You know, so many companies are still, you know, trying to recover from getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's a way to make sure that, you know, a, a feed that's just all of a sudden brown, yeah. nobody's buying that. Right. Yeah, it's it's clearly like not, yeah, very obvious. It's like the little black square. I'm telling you, sometimes right. I just scroll... And a lot of like the fancier interior designers that I follow, girl, they had the black square. I ain't seen a mention of black people since June. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like universally, like just beyond even race and culture, transparency and honesty takes us everywhere. So far. Mm-hmm. So, so far. Yeah, it really does. It, it goes so far. Um you know, that's why my initial statement was, you know, if you don't have a five-year initiative that you've been working on for the last 18 months, please don't roll out any language that says we have this master plan of a solution that we've been working on. Right. Just, you know, a good, here at Union Coffee, here at Union, I should not limit it to coffee, but, you know, here at Union, we understand these are challenges. And we are committed to doing our part. That way, now you are almost quantifying the fact that we're we're a work in progress. We're committed to doing our part. Some ways are, and then if you only have three small ways, that's fine. Three ways that I can consistently see is way better than the one post telling me you got a five-year plan. And then I never see proof of the five-year plan. But not, you know, in five years, we're going to have double to this and triple to this. And it's, and it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> and I'm coming. The thing about it is I'm coming back in five years to, to ask you See, about to it. Hey, no. <laughs> 2021, <laughs> you said 
And now we're in 2026 and I don't, I don't see it, fam. I don't see it. Right. So yeah, you know, I think it's, it's, it's the, the approach, you know, and the attempt and making sure that you're really biting off, you know, what you can chew. That's fair. That's, that's fair. But for the most part, you know, when you're, when you're approaching people, you know, you'll find people that have, you know, a good understanding of what you're trying to do and, you know, and will be okay with the progress. Yeah. You know, yeah. And people who don't, you know, one of the things that I also say too is understand like who's really in your community. You know, if I'm starting with a new branding client or any aspect of digital marketing, I ask people all the time, who's your customer? And then they tell me everybody. Yeah. You know, how that's <laughs> everybody. And I'm like, this is Everybody's my response. Not the same. <laughs> right. Oh, this is this is what I say all the time. Okay, well, I tell you what. There are like 10 billion people <laughs> on Instagram. So let's take your budget and let's run an ad to all 10 billion people. Uh-huh. Is everybody still your customer now? Uh-huh. Right. Probably, probably not. I worked for a water bottler. And even there, water that we need to survive. And even in water, everybody is not the customer. Like mm-hmm. Voss is not advertising to poor people. Right. I, and, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like Voss is high as hell. Yeah. And everybody is not their customer. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's something that I've been looking at. So, you yeah. know, um, I think what? Oh, I was just saying that is definitely something I've been looking at uh, as I've been doing. I told you about these interviews. The intention was mm-hmm. to find our audience and find our brand. And like, you know, the struggles that came along with the interview, there was also, um, I saw like, we do have a very intentional community of LGBTQ folks and we have done, you know, really good work. Like you said, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of places in Dallas where church can come together with queerness and that is union strength. And, you know, amidst all of our weaknesses, I think we can also be transparent and, and honest about like, hey, this is what we have done. And you know, we're still looking to outreach and bring this to more people and we're working mm-hmm. on it. But mm-hmm. this, is what we will, this is what we can bring to you. Mm-hmm. So- right, right. This is what we have. And here goes our growth areas. Right. Um, you know, I try, it's a weakness right we know that yeah yeah but I don't know why that doesn't land well when you're talking outside of people like you and I who know that so it's like okay you feel better when I say area for growth so I'll it works so I'll use it um you know sometimes we get knee deep into it and then we realize this person is actually not even my customer you know what I'm saying and that's okay you know yeah I I would say to caution yourself against you know go ahead I was going to say, I hope I have good sense, but I do know about myself that like when I see a problem, my first instinct is to like fix it as soon as possible. And I know mm-hmm, that that's mm-hmm. slow and steady sometimes is the way is mostly actually the way to win the race. Now that's true. You know, that's true. And certainly, you know, I think when people are aware of an injustice or disparity it doesn't have to be a flat-out injustice but some kind of disparity and we we do want to fix it and we want to right a wrong and we want to do that so passionately sometimes you know we can scrub our fenders being a little too aggressive um with good intention right but, you know and i'm let me tell you scrubbing the fender girl i've had to buy a new one so many times i've gotten it wrong like 
Uh -huh. mm -mm. That was not the approach. I just messed that one right up, right? Um, but I think, you know, it is, and, and even at that, even at that, when it happens, because it's not an if, it's a when, because we're all going to do it. It is stopping in the moment when you realize I've done this all wrong, acknowledging that. And then, you know, asking the person, hey, can, you know, can we fix this and repair, mm -hmm. you know, and move forward? Or is this the end of the road for you? Mm -hmm. Some situations are easier to see what it is, call it, move on. Right. I think when we're trying to be helpful, we want to make sure that we're not being short-sighted because we want to be helpful. Right. So in this case, right, like, <laughs> I don't think this is a fit. <laughs> like just no it's not and move yeah. on but because we're trying to be helpful we want to give it 77 more chances D don't do that yeah you know just don't you know especially in a situation like this when we're talking about um queerness and I'm so working to retrain myself to say queer because age just has me still saying gay all the time uh -huh. um but queerness and the church and yeah. black people it's so sensitive and touchy yeah. that if you recognize that you're talking to a brick wall, like I think you have to give yourself permission to say, this is not fertile ground. I should stop trying to plant these seeds because yeah. it's just not. And, and in two years, it might be right. fertile ground. Same person. I think, you know, that would be something to consider, but you know, in the, in the, Certainly in initiatives like this, I have definitely seen people just kind of waste resources in the name of not wanting to be short-sighted, mean, exclusionary, any of those things. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to recognize, mm, not here, you know, and turn the corner and keep turning the corner until you find where here is. Huh. Yeah, I like that analogy. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it doesn't mean okay. you'll never get there. You just have to, you know, Maybe, maybe you take a little U-turn, visit the places you've already gone. Right, right, right. And then there you go. And because maybe, you know, you, when you, and, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I have a really strong personality and there are some things that are true about me that probably always will be. Mm -hmm. um, but that list is short. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a long list of, I know that I am, I know. It's a really, really short list, to be honest, because I am willing to negotiate and change almost all things about me. So meeting me in 2021, I'm not who I was three years ago. I'm not who I was six years ago or 10. You know, I'm, I'm a very different person. And so it could be that when you're recognizing that this is just, you know, I'm trying to plant seeds in concrete, perhaps. Yeah. And then when you come back, that conversation that you had may have been what softened the ground, you know? So uh, I think, you know, I think it's definitely that, you know, when people come back around, let them, and, you know, if they're still the same, turn again, like, okay, <laughs> you know, trip number two to this house and it's still, <laughs> so you know I think it is it is you know um and because for all the people that are not a fit and not your customer there are so many who are 
And, you know, I think this time is about going to, they're going to put you in the, in the spaces you need to be in, contact that you need to be in, all those things. So I like the idea of, of saying, this is what we're doing. I think what's important is, um, it's the same thing. I think it's going to be how it's presented. Sure. Um, I just hear my dog moving around. Um, I think what's important is how it was presented, which is to say that, um, you know, if there's one month of the year that I am guaranteed to hear about people with their panels and programming, yeah. it's February, right? I would only say that making sure that when, when you are saying we're having these conversations, um, we are doing so-and-so and so, having a specific goal that the conversations is supposed to meet should be included, right? Like we are having these conversations to form our XYZ or, or to shape, you know what I'm saying? I think that's what's fair um, because one thing I, I know I'm always gonna get is join our community conversation to discuss racism. Yeah. What? And then and then what? So yeah. So now we talked about it. These people are over here mad. These people over here don't want to understand why and what. So so we could talk about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So right. I think if you're yeah, if you're saying we're gonna have these conversations, how do we roll it out? It's to say these are the things that we're taking because we want to, and then just be able to say what that is. It can just be, hey, we're having these conversations because we want to build a more, what, what's the preamble? A more perfect union. More you know, perfect like, union. like, yeah, you know, it's like, yo, we, we okay. I mean, that's what we want to do. And that's a very simple and easy thing. And again, because of Black people's relationship to racism, that sounds doable. That's the thing. Like, when you say it to me, like, we just want to build a more perfect union. I believe that that can happen. Now, if you were to say to me, knowing that Miranda is the only black person in leadership, we're going to have an 80% yeah. diverse board between gender and race in the next five years. Girl, I'm, I'm not even putting my clothes on to come to a Zoom for that because I know it's not even, you know, and Zoom is at the house, right? <laughs> I know that that's not the case, but, you know, yeah. when you say... When you say something, you know, building a more perfect union does not necessarily have, um, oh goodness, is my dog barking. Building a more perfect union is, it's still a goal. Yeah. Sure, it doesn't say, you know, 50% this, but building a more perfect union is still a goal. And it's perfectly okay to say how that's going to happen. Also, when we say a more perfect union um, over percentages, it also makes sense to be in theory because that's what religion is. You know, or faith, I should not, not limit that to religion, right? So yeah, it makes sense to say it in something like that. Now, if, if Apple tells me that, like this is a company, it's built on a profit. If they can't give me specific things, I'm numbers. Right. I'm side-eyeing you. Right. <laughs> right. But in a faith space, it makes perfect sense to approach it like that. 
Because Jesus wasn't out there being like, now I'm going to save like 50% of homeless people and 20% of them are going to be um, Jewish. Right. <laughs> right. Jesus said souls, right? Right, right, Jesus right. Said souls. So, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, I don't, I've known Miranda to lead. This is now the second organization that I've known her um, to lead, and aside from her businesses. And I just, you know, I, I don't know her ever to steer anybody wrong, um, you know, and I think what she's saying is in the talking to community, uh-oh, hold on, talking to community experts and leaders and things like that, that, you know, these are the conversations to have and not to feel like these conversations don't matter or that they aren't the work. You know, like, like these conversations are part of the work too. Yes. The most, you know, and so one of the most, important. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Like they're part of the work and, and there's a, again, you know, just avoiding that, that kind of, we talked, you know, and check it off. Um, exactly. I've been in a lot of those and boy, they left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. It's, and then not mm-hmm. doing anything afterwards, like you said, is, mm-hmm. is pointless. What would or be- doing the thing that you were clearly already going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. And then, you know, don't bother me. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I could talk to you all day. (laughs) I'm I'm available. Um, you know, if after this you have questions, yeah. You can call me. Um, call, text, any of those things. Um, I know email takes a little bit longer in translation, but feel free to reach out, you know, along the way if you come across something or um like Miranda does this thing where she will just text me a, do we know somebody who and I'm like B what makes you think I know that somebody who does that <laughs> and then usually it's okay but I do so here call blah 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 right <laughs> I do all right well it was so nice to meet you Crystal again thank you so much for taking out your time of course Kat of course and again anything you need after this just let me know I'll be available I'm not leaving Dallas <laughs> Good. I feel like an old person saying that, but I will, I will be here. So anything, just hit me up. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. You too.